We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. Thanks so much for being with us. DA with you. Moraz will join me here momentarily. A reminder that you can always download the PGP by going to iTunes and searching Permission Granted Podcast and subscribing for free there. Also, uh, you can also download it as part of the DA Show podcast feed and subscribe to that as well. So new episodes are uploaded every single day to your iTunes feed and you can listen uh, at your leisure. So Mraz joins me now. And right now, I think it would be a good time to insert Mraz's Yankee Doodle Dandy Pig montage that's getting a lot of traction today. You, me, Pete, Bogus, Kadri Ishmael, we all know this series is 2-2 for Game 5. <laughs> Swung on and lined a deep right field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. He is the Todd father. In Todd we trust. They got my Uncle Dennis starting against CC Sabathia tonight. No chance the Astros win tonight. Zippo. <laughs> on the run is Judge right near the wall. And he made the catch. He made a leaping catch at the top of the wall. Aaron Judge. They never talk. About what a terrific outfielder he is. But it's not going to matter. You're not winning the game tonight. Again, who's starting for them? Uncle Rufus? Who is this? (laughs) Swung on. And a line drive to left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. A Judgian blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. I got to hear you say they got flickering playoff hopes. Now the Yankees will win their games at home. Then we'll get Verlander again in the game six. And good night to life. He can't cling on. I hope you enjoyed the last Astro win of the year. All right, so coming out of that, uh, Mraz has whipped a lot of the Mets fans here in New York into a bit of a frenzy. Right now in the newsroom, you have Andrew Bogish and Pete Bellotti and Jay Berman commiserating, just absolutely trashing Mraz. Heads are about to explode because you are, people think on the air you're a bad winner. Boy, in person, you're three times as bad. I don't get how I'm bad. It's funny how, again, this isn't your fault or Pete's fault or Andrew Bogus's fault. I know this is very inside New York here, but when the Mets got good and the Yankees were down in the dumps for that two-year period the last two years. Long two years for There were sweatshirts being sold with Take Back New York. It wasn't about taking back the NL East or beating the Nats. It was so Yankee-oriented. So now that it's my time and my time again, suddenly I'm the bad winner. I, just, I hate that... I hate that little kid who annoys you, taps you, taps you, taps you. The moment he gets decked in the face, it's, well, why'd you do that to him? Well, don't annoy me. And that's what the Met fans have done. 
See, but you have such a blind spot here because you are the person that takes shots at other teams constantly. No, I don't. The day Matt Harvey blew out his ACL will go down in history and infamy here on the DA show. UCL. His UCL. <laughs> and when he had, no, it was his Tommy John, right? Yes. When he had a Tommy John. And you gloated over the injury to Tommy John. I said, believe I wished you a happy Harvey day. And I think you also said, I told you so. That's right, because I did predict that a Matt Harvey injury. See, I'm very good at these predictions. And so, I mean, <laughs> at the very lowest moment, you would easily just rub it in somebody's face. And what was your response to me in that moment? I think you should shut the bleep up. Yeah, I suggest you shut the bleep up now. Okay. <laughs> yes. And so, when the Mets were good and going to the World Series, you rooted against them every step of the way. Because were- it was about... You know, we're taken back to town. What did it have anything to do with the Yankees in the town for? Well, you, Should have been about the Mets, and it was never about the Mets. It was about we're better than the Yankees. So now guess what? I hope you enjoyed your two-year window. It's my time now. So you're just a terrible winner. Just an <laughs> absolute terrible winner. I don't win that often. <laughs> and so you have got everybody riled up around here that they just can't stand being around you. And there are other Yankee fans in this building that aren't nearly as bad. You take the cake. Well, they just they let me be the spokesperson. I have no problem being the leader of the pack, so I, I take leadership in this. And I will wave the pom-poms, and I'm excited not only for this October, but for the next 10 Octobers that should follow with this core. Well, that's what's very interesting about this, is that this could be the start of a long run where you are basically uh, in the cockpit, the driver's seat, for success, and the Yankees will be back, which would make you so insufferable, it'll be absurd. However, I will say that the moment that you think that's going to happen, it won't happen. So, you know, you might just want to enjoy this right now. Well, I'll just say this. We have, I have seen the Yankees win five World Series by the time I was 30 years old. There's mm-hmm. a chance I could see them win, let's say, 10 World Series by the time I'm 40 years old. <laughs> so I'm going to enjoy it. I will certainly enjoy it. Which would be, by the way, one average to one World Series for every four years of my life if they won five of the next ten. And, and yet you totally can't stand um, Patriots fans. No, because they don't appreciate it. Like, Yankee would be appreciated. It's not no, I th- any different. No, I think if Tom Brady retires and the Patriots, let's say, finish in third or fourth of the of the well, AFC, I'm forgetting all these divisions now, the AFC, AFC East, East, the AFC Least, and it's the Jets and Dolphins winning, even if it's a short lull, like, let's say, four or five years, and then, say, it's the quarterback after Garoppolo, they get a quarterback and they get good again, I think New England will be even louder, and I think they'll be so much more into it, and I'll understand that because I went through that. I went through a lull where I was like, ah, Yankees, whatever we want. Now I'm, I'm all in here. I had enough of it. I'm ready to win again. And I think that'll happen with Patriot fans. They got to see what I've seen as a Yankee fan. Yeah, well, a little down, all, little downtime. All that, all those years of losing when you still made the playoffs every single year. Oh, I mean, we didn't make it last year. But you made it. You won it in 09. And then I and they made it all the way through 2012. Right. So you you made the playoffs in 10, 11, 12, missed it in 13, 14, made it in 15. Missed it again in 16. So before this year we missed it 3 out of 4 years. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot. But here we are and it's our time. Finally. Well, uh it's interesting because even uh you have fellow Yankee fans coming at you. James Ward has started trashing you on Twitter. For your up the gut pick, so you are just upsetting everybody. But that's a guy who's just tight by the idea that I'm a better producer than he is because of his lackadaisical. Let's just call it like it is. We are here, you know, taking us behind the scenes of the DA show. James Ward's had a lackadaisical first half of the NFL season on it on uh, Football Sunday with uh, 
Well, Sunday morning football. Boy, well, I'm, these names are slipping me yeah, here. Yeah, really. I don't so know now James on. wants to attack any credibility I have with the picks. I don't think that has anything to do with being a Yankee fan. I think we can admit James has been a little sleep at the wheel here. You think that he's been asleep at the wheel producing Sunday morning? Football. I absolutely do. I think he's. I think he's lived far too long in uh, his ability to just lean back on get guess, and now that he's got to dig deep, he's coming up empty. He's looking like Aaron Judge every other at bat right now. Why do you think that is? Um, What's your theory if this is true? Oh, do we have an honest open forum here? Of course. James Ward, since the last football season, has taken on a second job working at SMY in New York, and I think that's where his priorities lie, if we're going to be quite frank. You think his priorities are there or just that he is... He's or little, maybe he's burnt out and he doesn't have as, no, as much he's time. He's worn a little thin. I think he's worn a little thin, which to be... James works hard. James is my boy. We interned together. But quite frankly, I've lapped him in credentials here. I just have. The guy's got to figure this out and focus here. He's got a lot going on. He's trying to organize a wedding. But, you know, while that happens, you can't just rely on Mraz to book your guests all the time. Well, you've only done it once. Well, you, you know had, what? You got Dan Fouts for us. And I just I just spoke to you. I, I could have booked you the next two weeks, possibly, with a little Rich Gann and a little Vernon Davis. So, what? you know what? I'll just take James till Thanksgiving, and then he can figure it out the rest of the way. And I booked Pete Thamel, my friend, for last week. <laughs> right. Basically, if it's not somebody that comes to me or not one of your friends, uh, it's been very tough sledding. You know what? Good job on Bernie Kosar, James. We're pumped. That was my idea, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so do you really think that? I mean, I don't know. Ward's winners have been pre- very good. He's studying those. His, his picks have been very good. Right. But if, thank goodness his picks have been good because it's only clouding if we really want to get the inner workings of his job. I mean, even little things like asking me for whatever that segment is where you use like uh, sound bites from our show, from the DA show. You play yeah. back like three. He is struggling on Fridays when I see him. So what did they say? Where did they say? Was this any good? The insiders. The the insiders. And I'm sitting there. And you know what? I tell James, am I producing two shows? Or are you going to do, do some work here? <laughs> well, he's not on our show anymore. So I think that. That's fair. You know, but how about you read the tweets? Look at the podcast. See what the headlines are. He's not doing any of this. The guy's getting lazy on me, and I don't like it. Because he's a reflection of the intern class that I came up with oh, at WFAN. And if oh, that's a reflection God. of where I come from, oh, it doesn't look good on me. Oh, my God. It's my time. <laughs> so Penn's bought you two deep-dish Chicago still pizzas. Still haven't eaten these and things. He, he texted me last night. He goes, has Mraz eaten them yet? I still haven't eaten these things. So what are you waiting for? Fourth of July? No, I was going to eat them last Thursday, and then Danielle's mother came over, like surprised us, brought like food over. So like, I already had the pizza out, like ready to thaw. To throw it back in the freezer, Uh-oh. and then this weekend we had the wedding, and then Sunday I had to go watch the Chiefs Steelers at Danielle's grandmother's house. But a lot of like, just every time I think I'm free for that to be the meal. Uh-huh. And the problem is I don't want to stuff my face with a deep dish on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday because that is like my rehabilitation days. It's like when a starting pitcher pitches and you need those couple days before you throw day. I need those to be veg- vegetable days, some vegetables, some proteins to get back. I can't slam a deep dish down my face on a Tuesday after I just ate like a pig on a Sunday. So the pizza's got to come on a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday. It's got to be in that range. So it's got to happen this weekend. We don't have any pl- uh, dinner plans, per se, for Saturday or Sunday as of now. So maybe like Giants play the Seahawks Sunday, 425. I think that might be the time to go all in for the deep dish. Unless it's Thursday, to be frank. <laughs> so this weekend, speaking of the Giants and Seahawks. By the, by the way, you, not to interrupt here, we are live here on the DA show. 
Uh, I'm sorry, on the Permission Greta podcast. You mentioned on Trish Tuesday and Tuesday show your car being dented in and the yeah. fender. I'm getting uh, notifications of a bull loose in Brooklyn. A bull? And it's running into cars and stuff. No way. Yes. No way. A bull? A bull. Um, It's right now being tracked near Prospect Park. No way. How far is that from you? I honestly don't know. Are you close to Prospect Park? Well, I'm not parked right next to my building at a park a little bit right. of ways, but I would say where I parked is about 10 blocks from Prospect Park. Yeah, there's a bull loose there today, and they've said it's slammed in the cars. It's run now. It's in the middle of the park. <laughs> no. I, this didn't look like a bull dent, but that is amazing. I literally just got the, I'm like, bull loose on, on the loose in Brooklyn. This is things you only hear live here on the Permission Granted podcast. Oh, my God. God. So there you go. You thought somebody ran and didn't leave a note. It could be a bull running for its life, slamming into your car. Or you're going to get back and it's going to be dense on the other side because now the bull has already seen a dented car and thinks it's okay to dent. Yeah, sometimes I, I don't want to talk about this stuff on the show because it's just too New York-y, but I'm going to talk about it here. <laughs> I have a car. Uh, it's a Nissan Xterra that I bought actually when I moved to Miami, right before I moved to Miami. So this is now 10 years old. Everyone always goes, why don't you get a new car? And I go, well, I kind of would like one. It's now 10 years old. It's got like 140,000 miles right. on it. But I live in New York City. I have a car in New York City. And you have no idea how many dents you just take. It's like roller derby. Yep. So I just know, like we, ha- we did the story on the air a couple of months ago. Maybe it was last year now, where a signpost fell on my hood. And actually, the person that backed up into the signpost that knocked it over left a note. Left a note. Yeah, and actually cut me a check, which is very nice. But, like, I just come out to my car, and I'm sideswiped, fenders knocked off, I've been rear-ended, dent in the door, window is missing. You know, you just, it is honestly, now, it's a larger car since it's an Xterra, so there's a lot of body mass. You know, right. it's like a running back that runs upright, like, you know, you know. <laughs> But I just know it's going to be dented through and through. So I'm not even bothering with a new car until I move out of New York City because, you know, until I move into the burbs, it's just taking your life in your own hands with your car. That makes sense. But will it time out where your car survives by the time? That's the gamble you play. Because now I have to get this thing knocked out. Like, like this dent is enormous in the front of the fender and the uh, and the bumper and fender are pulled off. Like, I have to get it fixed. But I don't want to get it fully fixed because that's a couple of grand that I'm going to sink needs in that. to a car that is 140,000 miles Well, on your insurance won't cover this? We're getting real inside, you know. For what? I, I don't have anybody else's insurance card. It, it was a hit and run. Yeah, you tell your my car was parked. It got hit and run. Your insurance should cover that. Mine did. I, I mean, got I'm, hit and run parked here. They covered it? They did? Allstate, baby. Can't go wrong. It depends on your coverage. I'll check, maybe, but I doubt it. I mean, I think I'm just up Bleeps Creek. No, you don't have to pay out of pocket. If you do, you got it's time to recheck the insurance. I got a guy. You come talk to me off the air. <laughs> <laughs> but then, again, so, like, you'll get backed into. You'll get sideswiped. You'll have signposts fall on you. You'll have a bull run into it. Bulls yeah. are loose. Bulls are loose. And, by the way, bulls aren't loose because they escaped from the zoo. Bulls are loose because they're about to slaughter them and make them for Omaha steaks. That's what's and going where on. Where is there a bull in, in Brooklyn? What are they bringing in a live bull this for? This happened a couple months ago. They, they keep these bulls in these warehouses or in cows and all that <laughs> for some of these meat factories. And eventually one <laughs> runs out of a truck and then takes off and says, I know where I'm going right now, and I'm not, I'm not liking it. Didn't you have, like, a, a, a rat get into your car? Maybe you stepped out of a oh, car. Oh, I stepped out of a car right on a rat. On a rat. You stepped on a rat. Oh, it, it squealed quickly. I squished ah! it. Oh, God. You didn't kill it, though. Oh, well, I mean, I didn't stick around to see, you know, if it survived an ICU. Oh, but, but it was so gross. It didn't run away? 
Oh no! And you heard it. Like it made that noise. Oh, I'm getting like chills down my back even thinking you about it. You stepped on the rack. And like you could feel the pressure like applied oh. underneath. Oh. And it, I thought maybe it just ran away after that. It Honestly, I ripped my foot off of it quick and put it like I didn't stick around and go, what'd you do, little fella? No, I was out of there. It scared me probably more than it scared him. That's so gross. Could be dead. I might have killed a rat. That's so gross. That's New York City for you. Bulls and rats. Oh, it's just Not a- Adam the Bulls, actual bulls. It's just so funny when you hear Pharrell. I think Pharrell hates New York City through and through. Definitely. Because uh, he lives in the burbs, and he comes in every day, and he just every day is – he talks openly on the air about how what a grotesque, wretched city this is. The traffic. Yeah, and the garbage and the smell oh. and the people. And it's too crowded, and it's all these things. But, um, but you know, Pharrell lived in L.A. He had a giant pool. He's just chilling out every single day. Not that the traffic's better out there, but um, – yeah, it, I I think, and Pharrell's just lived a lot of different places, Miami, Nashville, Atlanta, and maybe not Nashville, Vegas. Atlanta, Vegas. So he's lived the high life, and now he's coming here, and he's just, he's just. Now he's step, in Jersey commuting into Manhattan. Ugh. Stepping on uh, rats. Oh, disgusting. Just <laughs> disgusting. But it's amazing what we'll take you on the PGP. We go from, you're about to say something, now we got bulls running into your car. Yeah, who knows what I was about to say. Was it something Yankee related? Was something Ward related? Uh, Did we move past both those topics? I think so. I was going to ask you, going into Bilotti's class tonight, do you know what oh. you're going to talk about yet? Uh, yes. B- Bilotti has us playing, uh, what he didn't call it this, but like The Voice or American Idol here. Or like Last Comic Standing, but for radio hosts. Essentially, he's going to take everybody in their class, and they're going to have a three-minute rant on whatever they want, whether it be entertainment, oh, okay. news, politics, and sports. Okay. I am going to have to grade them on their entertainment value mm-hmm. and their passion mm-hmm. while he will grade them on the actual knowledge of the topic and the, the basis of their opinion. Mm-hmm. And collectively, as me and him, I guess, played Blake Shelton and Miley Cyrus <laughs> here, we will grade the, high, the, the highest guy or girl to the lowest, and everybody will get some sort of extra credit points. So if you are the best at this, you will have 20 bonus points in the class. Okay. And if you are the worst, you'll have, let's say, one bonus point in the class. If you don't participate, you don't get any. Very nice. So it's a, it's a big extra credit uh, contest tonight Okay. with me involved. All and right. I'll be sitting up there uh, on the dais as a judge. And then uh, I guess he wants me to speak five minutes about whatever the heck I do for this show. Okay. I'm looking, uh, I'm looking forward to... Uh... Uh, to hear how that goes. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited. I, you know, I think it's a good chance to really connect with uh, with the generation's youth. All right, very cool. Hey, before we get out of here, I think we should give a uh, a tip of the cap to a former PGP guest that passed away last week, and that was Ralphie May, the comedian. The very funny Ralphie May. Very, very funny. Very. He was so nice when he came on. Uh, that was back in the uh, the good old days when we used to book other guests for this. But yes. then I realized nobody cared. It wasn't that nobody cared. It was that asking you to do more work for something that wasn't even on the air was, I mean, it was becoming a losing battle. I can barely get you to work hard for the on-air show. I can't deny with the accuracy of that statement. (laughs) So uh, Ralphie May was so nice when we had him on, and um, he ended up uh, passing away cardiac arrest. And TMZ, he was an original guest of the PGP. He was only 45 years old. Apparently he was looking... um, Frail, and he was looking uh, uh, pale. Frail and pale, they said. And he was apparently suffering from pneumonia. So it sounded like he was in pretty bad shape when he passed away. It's terrible. He was a big Steeler fan, if I recall correctly, too. Hmm. Talked to him a lot about Steeler football. It's, just, it's sad. Ralphie May was a very, very funny man and a very kind man, uh, especially when he came on. He didn't have to come on this Permission Graded Podcast. It was one of our first 
I would say 12 or so where we were just getting this thing off the ground and, and he couldn't have been more cordial. Do you worry about uh, his weight having affected him? Yeah, I mean, I think that was always a concern. And I think um, he used comedy to kind of laugh off that being a concern, but then you realize it's really not a laughing matter when you get to be that big. You know, you have to find, you know, you want to live your life and enjoy some meals, that's fine, but you have to find a manageable weight where it just, you know, gets beyond helpless where, you know, 45 years old, this isn't a problem. You don't worry about that. I probably should worry more, but I mean, I... But he was like 400 pounds. Yeah, I I don't want to say, speak wrongly of the past, if you will, but I'm not a 450-pound monster, you know? Not a monster, but, you know. Yeah. A big, I mean, like a big person. I got a, you know, I got a beer and french fry belly, but I'm I'm okay. You have the Buddha belly, but you're what, 260? Uh, 260. 240? Come on, man, I'm 254. Okay, 254. No, I said 260. I overshot you by six pounds. Uh, so after you have that deep dish, you'll be 260. But that's what I worry about, yes. I, and it really comes full circle. You ever worry about your weight? What do you mean? He just deep dish already. That's where we're at. <laughs> well, uh, I, I feel bad that Ralphie May passed away, but yeah, he was over four spins, right? Yeah, when you get over four spins, it just... What yeah? What human can carry that type of you're weight? Not, you're not meant to carry. I mean, Danielle watches this show, My Six Hundred Pound Life, and I watch these people, and it's you know, again, they're outside bathing with a garden hose, and you know, people are feeling and it's like their struggle weight loss, and you have to ask yourself like, how, how do you get to that point? You know? Yeah. Like I got to two eighty at one point, and I looked at myself, mm, what am I doing? But like, what is that threshold for people? You get to three seventy, and you go, what are we <laughs> doing? You get to five hundred, and you go, what am I doing? Well, right, because by the time you get to five hundred, you're bedridden, right? Yeah, well, you're I mean, close. You're very close, and at the very least, you have a rash underneath your knees that you're never getting rid of. <laughs> but I just don't like. There comes a point too where it's almost like you're too far gone. Like you know, unless you're getting surgery, how do you lose weight once you hit 400 pounds? Well, that's the thing. That's interesting that you say that. I think if you got the, the heavier you get, the easier it should be to lose weight. Because I mean, let's say you're 700 pounds or 600 pounds. If you just don't eat like. 30 Big Macs, but you eat 20, you probably lose weight, right? I would think. I mean, the, the caloric intake for you to get to 600 pounds, there's no body mass. You have to maintain it by keeping up with that caloric intake. I guess you're right, but I'm saying, like, you, you've, your body's, the way you've grown your bones and your muscles now at that point, I, eating you could take care of, I guess, but you already didn't have the self-control. But your exercise routine, I mean, you, you're never getting on a treadmill again in your life. Or if you are, it's gently walking. I mean, you're not giving that thing a sprint ever. You're never sprinting again in your life if you've ever hit 450 pounds. Well, that's true. It has to just be your diet right. at some point because you just cannot simply do any exercise. Right. I guess maybe you can lift weights or like um, you, you do, do curls. The, the very curl lightweights or you go for like light walks. But again, yeah. that's just keeping your blood flowing. I don't know how much you're really burning calorie-wise. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Boy, this has been a very weird oh, PGP. Very morbid ending. Yeah, let's, let's wrap this up now because now I feel totally uncomfortable. <laughs> I think, are you going to have Bilotti on this? Because I think you should have Ward and ask him about his his booking and uh, why you think he's actually sloughing off at the job. I will, uh, I'll dial up Ward on the phone. So I will say this. We were taping this on Tuesday. I hope to have Ward on the horn in the next half hour and have this up Tuesday. But if not, Ward would be taped on Wednesday because he's, he doesn't know the call's coming. Okay, are you going to be honest with him where you tell him that you said on the side A that you think he's shirking responsibility? I have no problem being honest with Ward, and he could tell me like it is back. Okay. 
All right, that's side B coming up right now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome into side B of the PGP. It's Mraz, the executive producer of the DA show and host of side B. And the fans have wanted it. I guess the fans mean the listeners have wanted it. And Damon, Damon Amendola, host of the DA show and side A of the PGP, wanted it. We have James Ward, brother Jimmy, here on side B of the PGP. James, how's it going? It's, it's nice to be back. It's been a while. It has been a while. Nice, clean phone connection on a uh, crisp autumn uh, afternoon in New York City as you're walking the dog, apparently. Are you done walking the dog? What's going on here? I'm done walking the dog. He's eating his breakfast, so there's a good chance he gets a little rowdy within five or so minutes. But right now, he's just laying by my feet. Oh. Well, that's good to know. Well, let's just get right into it. Number one, DA has had it, and it's probably a good thing for DA's sanity that you don't work on the show Monday through Friday like you used to in the evening because the Yankee run has killed him as a Mets fan, it's killed people out, he's killed Andrew Bogus, and I'm sitting here pounding pounding the drum that it's finally our time after eight years. So if you were with me, DA would probably get really irritated, I would assume. The problem is that, I love you, but I hate that we associate with the same teams because you are one of the worst sports fans in history. What does that mean? What does that mean? I I can't enjoy my team winning? You don't enjoy it, though. You troll. There's a huge difference. That's that's enjoyment. I can enjoy this this Yankee run without making anyone else around me feel bad. You can't. Hold on, James. First of all, baloney. You were there the last couple of years in New York working next to me when the Mets fans were pulling the take-back New York crap when the Mets were good. <laughs> so now, so, this is what I hate. So, that you know, when the Mets fan does this, and this happens in any sport if you hate your rival, the moment somebody who hasn't been good in a while gets good, uh, they like, if you will, stirring the pot and poking those that have been good. And, and the Jets did this under Rex Ryan in New York, and this was very New York-centric. And the Mets did this when they had their little run two years ago. So now suddenly when the Yankees get good again, it's, oh, well, don't don't leave us Mets fans alone. You guys have won enough. And no, how about we don't leave you alone? Because it was all about taking back New York and all about how the Yankees suck now. So guess what? Now you're going to deal with me and my fat mouth. That's the way I feel about it. I, I can stand behind you and silently applaud, but it's just definitely not my style. I mean, oh, let's say it like that. It's just definitely not my style. Well, it is my style, and I'm peacocking. So, okay, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to do it that. But now, you know, you're sitting there, and you should be the one guy that has my back. And right there in a public forum known as Twitter, which you can see at Twitter.com, or if you have an app, uh, if you're unaware of what Twitter is, you went, went uh, far and beyond Sunday to tweet that I was 0-3 this week on my up-the-gut picks, which I was. I'm terrible. I'm dropped to 7-11. and and, and just peacock, I, I'm going to say peacock 15 times here, how great you are picking college football games. What the heck is that? You taking shots at me like that? It was, I, looked at, I looked at your blog, I saw your picks, and I was like, oh, Mraz went 0-3. And then I was like, wait a minute, his record on the year is 7-11? and 11? That's too funny to not tweet. Yeah, okay. And I think I put, put something like, Mraz drops to seven eleven, a number he's definitely familiar with. Yeah, it was so funny by you, James. You know what I think? I think you're pretty freaking envious that you're having such a crappy year as a Sunday morning football producer. I think that's that's what's going on here. So you're trying to cut take- my legs out from underneath me with my picks. I got to take shots while I can, right? My All right. picks are better than yours. You may or may not have helped with the Sunday morning football guest situation. May or may not have helped. I would have liked you to help. May or may not have helped. Let's just call it like it is, because we just discussed this on side A, so much so that it already made an epic fail on Wednesday's DA show. 
of, of me saying it like it is. We are entering week seven of the NFL season, which means we will be entering week seven of Sunday morning football, the show you produce for DA when I produce from five days a week. And unlike in past years, let's say it, James, you're having a pathetic year as a producer. A pathetic year. And now you just tell me, you just confirmed to me off the air as I dialed you up, that you will be using one of the guests that I booked, Rich Gannon, which could have been used on my show, the DA show, for Sunday morning football. And this follows Pete Thamel, who's one of DA's good friends, who DA had to book. This follows Dan Fouts, who again I booked. When was the last time you booked a guest? Labor Day? <laughs> I'm actually trying to think about it, to be honest. I can't. <laughs> even, DA, I... even DA confirmed on side A of the PGP. That Bernie Kosar was his idea too. What the it heck? Was his, it was his idea, but I did book it. Okay. All right. Well, here. So basically, you don't have an original idea at all. It all has to come from DA's ideas. And even your booking's getting lame. Now, we discussed inside A what could be going on with you. And I brought up one of two things A, you're engaged and trying to figure out a wedding. B, you are working two jobs and working really hard. You're doing some stuff for SMY TV, and I just don't think your heart's into producing Sunday morning football anymore, and I think it's showing, and I think the show is worse off for it, and I think it's a disgrace that you sit there, and you and DA basically pat each other in the back when you do your little wards winners segment on Friday talk about how great Sunday morning football is when you are doing nothing to drive that train. Oh, I'm driving the train. I'm there every morning at, at 8 o'clock in the morning. That train Sunday must morning. have derailed 13 times already. Oh. But I, I, it's sad. I can't even think of the guests I booked this this year. Exactly, exactly. You didn't, you didn't I'm booking. booking the guests until two weeks or two weeks ago. I think I did a good job for the first month of the season. I'm already booking at at minimum eight guests a week on the DA show. Now I'm booking your Sunday morning football guests. I'm not getting paid extra for Sunday morning football. Well, I will say this to the point, knew- James. To the point, James. PR people are now coming to me. Hey, do you want to do this person for DA Sunday morning show? They're actually asking me now as if I'm involved in Sunday morning football because that's how much I'm booking Sunday morning football for. Yeah, meanwhile, you're playing flag football on Sunday morning, not even connected to Sunday morning football. No, I've heard all of three minutes total of the first six weeks of that show. I think this is just you being jealous. If you were really... Me jealous? You wouldn't point this out. You're just being jealous. No, that's not me being jealous. That's me pointing out that... The moment something goes wrong on the DA show, like people brought up the podcast stuff when I was out, it becomes all on. Can you believe Sean screwed that up? But but you, for whatever, now in the year 2017, and you've done enough between DA's Sunday morning show and on the old show, nobody, and this goes back to Steve Moralia, this goes back to Joe D'Aloisio, nobody skirts blame in DA's eyes more than you. Somehow you are the golden boy in DA's eyes that can do no wrong. You never get the talking, the stern talking to that we have to be better. DA pounds pounds the desk. We have to be better. We have to be better. You never get that talking to, and you have sucked. You have absolutely sucked this football year, and I need to point it out because it's time you got a talking to. Hey, there's more to Sunday morning football than booking guests, okay? Yeah, I, I know I know what more it is. It's, pull, it's pulling three sound clips. It's pulling three sound clips that i got to give you also from our show. It's a lot more than three sound clips, okay? Oh, okay. Let's, let's add it up. It's about 20 sound clips, okay? 20 sound three clips in, in a two-hour show? Me with. Yeah, we play a lot of sound on the show. Does DA talk at all in two hours, or are you guys just playing sound the whole time? No, DA talks. Okay. 20 sound clips. Jeez. It, the two-hour show is like a truncated four-hour show, and we have so much to get into. There's a lot for me to do as far as preparation that's not booking guests. Okay, fine. But I would say booking guests is a pretty big part of it, considering you only have to get one a week. I mean, Todd Furman's already there, guaranteed weekly. The 
It's going to come up. I don't want to make an excuse because then no. I sound like you. Well, I'll make one because you need one. I can't. The implication of the digital stream has really hurt the the guest booking process because it oh, gives us get a very, serious. very finite window of when we can put people on. All right. So what James is referring to is if you go to watchda.com and you watch the show daily, you can also watch DA Sunday morning show. Now, the real secret, again, we go behind the scenes of the DH on the PGP behind this is it is very difficult, and I will back James on this because I used to do weekends at WFAN to get people live, good football guests. Now, you could get, you know, your lollipop writer from whatever blog to come on on Sunday morning, I'm sure. But if you want a good Sunday morning football guest, and I'm talking Dan Fouts, I'm talking Rich Gannon, I'm talking these guys, they're not going to be available Sunday morning live. So DA inevitably has to tape something, usually Friday, maybe a Thursday and, you know, hammer home the Sunday events, and, and that's the little secret behind it. Now, to do that, since the show is web-streamed, DA only has an hour after our normal show ends, between noon and 1 Eastern, before Tiki and Tierney need that, that studio to get an interview in. So what James is referring to is that we can only tape for one hour for Sunday morning football, which, okay, does make his life difficult. My argument against that is you could tape anybody you want in a spare studio at any time you want, and you don't necessarily have to run the live interview on the video stream. You could just simply run a picture of the guy, you know, some pictures of, of NFL player, whatever the questions are being asked. You could patch it together. I think you're coming up with a lame-o excuse there. I, I, I'll, take your, I'll take your rebuttal, and I'll say that's not an option. How is that not an option? It's just not an option. It's not something that we're going to do for the show. But you guys are hurting your own product by doing that. The product's not hurt. We're just relying on you to book guests for us. Oh, see? Okay. Here we go. So that's what it comes down to. So now anything I get in that noon wheelhouse where I could turn around and say, oh, wow, we're taping this Thursday. This would be great for Friday's show. Now Sunday morning football becomes the priority, and I have to do double the work now. For instance, Thursday, this Thursday of this week, you guys are going to have Rich Gannon on the show Sunday morning. It will be taped on Thursday. Spoiler alert. Nerd alert. It'll be taped on Thursday. I could have used that as Friday's guest. So now not only is that book Thursday, and I got to run the interview, I got to roll it, make sure the audio is perfect, and make sure the video is perfect. Now you guys get to turn out that use that Sunday, and now I got to turn around and book another guest for Friday and do double the legwork. Let's call it like it is. It's bullcrap. It is just bullcrap that this is falling on my lap. Well, no one likes working less than you, so the fact that you might have to do a little bit more work just to, to help your guys, to help the team, I love that narrative. That's a great narrative you put out there. Nobody likes to do less work. I think we're finding out now that you keep throwing that out there. Nobody likes to do less work than you, James. When was the last time you saw 345 Hudson on a weekend? Okay, you're saying the address of the building. When was I here on a weekend last? Uh, I mean, probably four years ago. Let's, Let's go over that. At least five years. Okay, I mean, I stopped in once to pick up something, but yeah, I get you. Your got it. You have a you have a cushy job. You work with DA Monday through Friday. You're home every day at four o'clock in the afternoon. Four fifteen. Would it kill you to do a little bit extra work? I am the American dream, and what I mean by that is, I do no work for free. You pay me to do that extra work. And how's that going for you? Not well. <laughs> Not well. <laughs> But why should it's I not, work for free? Out, no, I was already an intern in this place for six months back in 2010. I'm done for the free work. Pay me. Pay me. Just like an NFL player. My my vocal cords or my, uh, you know, let's say my wrist for, uh, you know, typing emails could blow out like an NFL let's player's ACL. Your index finger because you're a guy that likes to type with just two fingers. Right. How you made it all the way through college without learning how to type. It's just like, just like Odell Beckham Jr. with the leg injury. Why should he come back to the Giants next year without a guaranteed money and a guaranteed contract? 
why should I do anything for free where at any moment my vocal cords explode, my index finger explodes, I can't do this job anymore. I might as well get paid now. I need to lock up that guaranteed money like an NFL receiver needs to lock up that guaranteed money. Correct? And the more you give for free, the more they take advantage. If I give so much for free now, next thing you know, I'm, I'm booking three three weekend shows. Well, he could do it for Sunday morning football. Why can't he do it for Ion football? And then next thing you know, you, you are doing no work at all. So it's got to end at some point. You're welcome for Rich Gannon. That's it. Boy, I think you thought this this podcast would make you look good. It's actually doing the complete opposite. You sound like a diva. No, I think everybody, all the listeners here would agree with me. I'm the I'm the you, you I'm the it. face of the working man. You have me and DA blocking, and you're just this diva wide receiver who's like, throw the ball to me, throw the ball to me. Meanwhile, DA and I are in the trenches on Sunday morning getting the job done. Now listen, if you don't spell blue collar without Mraz, and I think every every worker out there is going to agree with me, pay the man. You're a disgrace. I think you're a disgrace. You're a dis- so. When, when's the next time you book booking a guest, James? Christmas Eve. I've got stuff lined up already for next week. What do you got next week? Well, I want I want on the record what you have next week, so that when it doesn't happen next week, I remember who booked the guest. Who do you have? I'm not ready to put it on the record. So you have nothing. You heard it, folks. Okay. James has nothing. You're still seven and eleven, right? Ah, here with back picks, to the right? picks. Back to the picks. On that note, James, I'll go let you walk your dog for the third time. You want to you hey. give James a follow on Twitter since he tweets about nothing, too? James, what's your tweet? Twitter handle. <laughs> James Ward, CBS. You, you can see me take jabs at Mraz CBS daily. Uh, you can t- okay, there's my Twitter plug. That's right, Mraz CBS. All right, folks, enjoy that. And remember, I am the representative of the Blue Collar Man. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.